hallelujah, you don't have a real slick, fancy title today. I think we ought to just get back to the basics. And with that in mind, I'm just going to preach today about understanding Pentecost. Understanding Pentecost. There's a lot of people, uh, and some I'm afraid in Pentecostal circles, don't understand Pentecost. Hallelujah. Uh, if you'll bear with me just for a minute or two to, to lay some groundwork here. Uh, Pentecost is what defines us from every other denomination. If you believe the Scriptures that we just got through reading are relevant for us today and that men and women still can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, then you are Pentecostal. Hallelujah. That distinguishes it from that. But in the Pentecostal ranks, apostolic Pentecostals are separated again a little bit further because although we're Pentecostal, we're not like the Church of God Pentecostal or the Assembly of God Pentecostal or the Four Square Gospel Pentecostal or the Church of God in Christ Pentecostal. Hallelujah. Because only apostolics adhere to the plan of salvation as was given on the day of Pentecost of repentance, baptism in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. If you see and understand that and have received that today, give Jesus a hand clap of praise because it's worth praising the Lord for. Pentecost means 50th day. There's nothing special in the name itself. It means 50th day. It relates to 50 days after Passover um, when Jesus was crucified. It was also known by the Hebrews as the Feast of Weeks, a prominent feast in the calendar of ancient Israel celebrating the giving of the law. Now, here's a point in understanding Pentecost. A lot of people don't, don't understand and hadn't studied the history and, uh, and the dates, but the exact same date that God baptized the church with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost was the exact day and date that God gave Moses the law on Mount Sinai. Same day. You see, God's a God of order. And he's, he's had everything mapped out just the way that he has planned it from the beginning. Hallelujah. Amen. So on, on this day, back in, uh, in Israel's history, the law was given, and they entered in the dispensation of law. But on this same date, little over 2,000 years ago, God gave the power of the Holy Ghost, and we entered in the dispensation of grace. And I thank God for that grace, because it's by that grace that we are saved. Hallelujah. It ain't by the letter. Hallelujah of the law, but by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was during this time when the Jews had traveled to Jerusalem from all over the world to celebrate that feast that God poured out His Spirit 
on 120 believers in an upper room and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ was born. Hallelujah. Have you ever thought about that? You noticed how in just 50 days the number had dwindled down? The Bible said that after the resurrection of Jesus, over over 500 people. And he tells them what he wants them to do. But he said, I want you to go back to Jerusalem and you tarry and you wait. Hallelujah, till you receive the promise. And in that length of time, that number dwindled from 500 to 120, the number that was there on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. So it's not, it's not nothing new that we have trouble getting people to prayer meeting today because it seems like it's always been that way. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, wait. There was a 10-day period that they was there in the upper room praying and seeking God, believing for the power of the Holy Ghost. And then when it came, hallelujah, here's the difference. Here's the difference. That very same day, those 120 people, hallelujah, spread out, amen, through the Spirit of God. And how many souls was born again on that same day? 3,000. 3,000. What a number jump. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, church, we don't need all the gimmicks and everything. Churches today are filled with all kind of gimmicks, amen, and tricks, amen, to try to get people, amen, to come to the house of God and believe God. But if you get the power of God flowing, amen, it's going to excite some folks, and people are going to want a little bit of what's going on. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Now, as we talk about understanding Pentecost, there's two aspects that I want to talk about, hallelujah, in our message today. And we're going, to, we're going to give you some scriptures about this. But first, I want to talk about the promise of Pentecost. The promise of Pentecost. Now, we just started last week preaching uh, a message, messages out of the book of Judges, and the Lord willing, we'll get back to that. Uh, we kind of veered off from that today because uh, of uh, Pentecost Sunday. Uh, but the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness looking to receive the land of promise. God has offered to you the greatest promise that could ever been given to anybody else. It's greater than winning the lottery. It's greater than anything else that you could ever imagine. Hallelujah. Do not take for granted the power of the Holy Ghost that God has given us. Hallelujah, because the power of the Holy Ghost, amen, can do more for you and do more through you than any other thing that's ever been. Let's talk about that promise. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Ha, 
Hallelujah. I'm glad for the promise, hallelujah, that he made, amen, and to his followers and to his people that even though he was going away, glory to God, amen, he said he wasn't going to leave them comforters, hallelujah, but he's going to send them another comforter, hallelujah, and if they would just go there and they would wait, amen, and seek the face of God, amen, that promise would come, and I'm glad that that promise is still flowing today. Hallelujah. We see, a, we see the promise again in John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. It says, In that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, a lot of the struggles in the world is brought on by people searching for something. Hallelujah. People search for meaning for happiness, for peace, a lot of things. And, but unfortunately, because it, we are flawed by the sin of Adam, a lot of times we, we, we don't think right and we look, we look in the wrong places. Hallelujah. Now, don't get wrong what I'm fixing to say right here, especially now because we, everybody knows we're in a battle uh, between... Uh, traditional marriage in this country and we're waiting to see what the Supreme Court is going to decide up, uh, upon that. But we know that, that marriage was ordained by God, amen, between one man and one woman, hallelujah, amen. That's the way God ordered it. That's the way God wanted it to be. God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, hallelujah. Glory to God, Amen. So marriage is important, and it's, 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 uh, it's good. The Scripture says, talking to a man, said, He who has found a wife has found a good thing. Hallelujah. And uh, there's many Scriptures about marriage and how that God uh, 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 himself relates, amen, to us through marriage. But having said that, let me say this. Amen. Because I find this sometimes is some of the calls down through the years as I've counseled uh, 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 people that struggled and, uh, and, and went through marriage dif difficulties. Uh, sometimes women will look to be married to a man so they can find fulfillment. I'm going to tell you something. A man cannot find you, give you fulfillment, and vice versa. Hallelujah. Amen. That don't come that way. Fulfillment and peace, amen, and purpose and meaning can only come through a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. You're not going to have any peace in the other kind of way. You're not going to have any purpose in life. Amen. Without Him, He fills us with His Spirit. And we talked about on our lesson last Wednesday night, which is a guarantee of the inheritance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Amen. I, man, we talked about it. Man, if you, uh, uh, you missed that, uh, man, that, that study w- w- was great. We was talking about uh, that whole, this same Holy Ghost power. Amen. And how God gives it. Uh, and the Bible said it is that we are sealed with the Holy Ghost until the day of redemption. He said, which is the guarantee of our inheritance. Now, uh, some was talking about heaven, uh, I think, uh, in, in the Bible class this morning. But this is what I shared with you when, uh, Wednesday night. When God gave you the Holy Ghost, amen, uh, uh, bro, uh, Brother Douglas, God says, look, I've got, I, I've got an inheritance for you because you've, you've followed me. You've obeyed me. Amen. You've repented. You've been baptized in my name. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I've got something prepared for you. Amen, that I have not seen, ear have not heard, neither has it entered the hearts of men, the things that I've got prepared for you. But until you get there, I'm giving you the Holy Ghost. It's going to tide you over to the end. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's going to tide you over. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Thank God for that Holy Ghost power. Amen. That will hold you. It will tide you over. It will keep you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. When you got that, the Bible said it will give you the strength that you need. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. Man, I thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for that. Hallelujah. Amen. So out of your innermost being, out of your belly, shall flow rivers of living water. That is the only thing that can uh, quench uh, our thirst. Amen. Let me read you one more scripture, and we're going to read, go on to the next point. John chapter 16, verses 7 through 12. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Now, Jesus, if you go back and you read all of this, Jesus had told them that he was going to be leaving and that where he was going, they couldn't come. And they was upset by that, to say the least. They, they didn't understand everything that was going on. So Jesus was trying to get them to understand some things. And he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will prove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judge. I have yet many things to say to you. Now, I want you to notice that right there. Because that verse is overlooked a whole lot of the times. He said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Please. Please think about the implications of that statement. If you really understand what he was saying right there, you would never, ever question the necessity of every born-again believer receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Lord taught him a lot of things those three and a half years he was there. But he's telling them now, he said, listen, there's still a lot more for me to teach you. There's still a lot more truth 
amen, and understanding for me to give you. There's still more wisdom I have, but you can't bear it. In other words, you can't handle it now. Why couldn't they handle it? Because they was not yet filled with the Holy Ghost. And I don't care who you are, how long you've been in church, and how good a life you live. Amen. You cannot handle all the truth of the Word of God without the Holy Ghost enlightening your wisdom. Hallelujah. You give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. He didn't say they wouldn't never. He says, but right now. Amen. When you receive that gift, all right, I've talked about the promise, and I could add more to that, but let me move on for, because of time. I want to talk about the power of Pentecost. I'm glad Sister Kessie sung that song a while ago. Hallelujah, Holy Ghost power. Hallelujah, reign on me, follow me, Lord. I need that power of the Holy Ghost. I need that strength of the Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. He says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father. We done talked about the promise. He said, But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. I did something this time that I hadn't that I hadn't I don't recollect that I have done. I've studied in and out that word power. You've heard me deal with that uh, many times. And everybody here, I'm sure, knows where that word power comes from. It's, it's the Greek word dunamis, and it's the same word that we get our English, uh, a word dynamite. Hallelujah. I've studied that word extensively in the Greek. I'm Oh, and we've had all kind of lessons on that. But I, I've never, to my recollection, and I didn't have anything in my notes on that word endued. I don't recall ever really getting down into that. Well, I've spent a little time into that. Hallelujah. And I found out some things that kind of enlightened me a little bit. Hallelujah. There's other places in the Bible that talks about God putting on, putting on us a robe of righteousness. Hallelujah. Clothing us with a robe of righteousness. That word endued in the original Greek, it means to clothe upon. That you are have you you are clothed upon as putting on a garment. Man, I looked at that. I says, "Wow!" When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, He says, "I am going to clothe. I'm going to dress you with power." <laughs> Hallelujah! I'm going to clothe you with power, brother Hart. Hallelujah! We, he said, you, he said, you tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued. He said, until I get your garments on. Hallelujah. I got work for you to do. I got, I got, I got souls for you to save. He says, but you got to have this. And you know what this, what's this is important about being clothed the bone? 
Brother Bobby, it, it leads us right to, amen, where the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Oh, I need to be endued. I need to let him clothe me with power because that's the whole armor of God. Without that, I cannot stand against the powers of the devil. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Clothe us with power, Lord. Put that whole armor on. Let us put it on. Let's wear it. Hallelujah. All of it. Don't leave none of it off. Because it's all there for our protection. He says, he says you've got to wait. Tarry and wait till you be endued with power. Let me clothe you with this power. Let me put upon you this whole armor of God. This goes right along with Acts 1 and 8. Hallelujah. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. I can witness today to the difference that the power of the Holy Ghost makes. I didn't have the Holy Ghost when I began to preach. I, didn't, I, I wasn't raised in the fullness of truth. I preached a little over a year uh, before receiving that. Went out, tent revivals, different things. And for a little bit, I fought it. I, I, I didn't fight baptism in Jesus' name. When I, the very time, first time I heard the message, amen, I said, I've got to get baptized. I've got to get rebaptized. I didn't fight it. But receiving the power of the Holy Ghost, I still had some tradition that was down in me that I couldn't hardly shake. I thought, my Lord, I'm holding revivals, me and my dad, and people are coming to the altar and all that stuff. and You know, maybe that's not, not for everybody. <laughs> but I can take you to the place in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, were laying on my back, God slayed me in the Spirit, and I was filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And from that night, amen, to this day, my ministry, everything about what God has called me to do has never been the same. Hallelujah. It is power. It is authority. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It is, it is, it is that what we need, amen, to fight the battle, amen, and be victorious, amen, in this age. Hallelujah. I'm going to bring it to a close, but I want to give you one more point about this understanding of Pentecost. We have, I've talked about the promise of Pentecost, the power of Pentecost, and I'm going to talk right now briefly about the perpetual blessing of Pentecost. And the reason why I've added this is because there's a lot of people in a lot of churches 
don't deny at all everything that I've already preached about the day of Pentecost and how they was all filled with the Holy Ghost. But there are many people today who said, but, but, that was for them back then. It wasn't for everybody. It was only for the 12 apostles. Well, if it was, first of all, that case don't hold water from the very beginning. If it was only for the 12 apostles, how come all 120 got it on the day of Pentecost? Hallelujah. Every one of them came up speaking in tongues. Amen? Oh, well, that just ended back then with the, when, 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 when it was over with. Well, this, this blessing of Pentecost church is perpetual. It's needed on this earth at the beginning of the church, and it's going to be needed until the day and hour that the church is called out of here. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm, I'm, going to give you, I'm going to give you about three scriptures about this. Acts chapter 2 and verse 39. For the promise, now we understood about the promise. He said, but the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord God, our God, shall call. Can somebody say amen? amen. Hallelujah. It didn't end back there with them. But on that very day, he said this promise, amen, that if you repent of your sins and if you're baptized in his name, that you would receive the power of the Holy Ghost. He said that promise is unto you. Hallelujah, but it ain't going to stop there. It's going to be unto your children. But it ain't going to stop there. It's going to be unto your children's children on down from generation unto generation to all that are far off. You know who that is? He was looking at me. He was looking at you. Hallelujah. The perpetual blessing. Acts chapter 10, verse 44 and 46. This is some, um, um, oh, uh, eight, nine years, something like that after Pentecost. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost, now he was down to Cornelius' house the first time the Gentiles uh, uh, the door of salvation was opened up to them. Everybody knows that story. I won't get in there how God gave Peter the vision and all that. And he went and he preached to them. And while he was preaching, while he was still preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Somebody say, how come y'all folks always say the altar's always open? That's why. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The altars are always open. You cannot program the power of God. You cannot, if you do, you're, not, you're going to have a form of godliness, but deny the power. Hallelujah. While Peter was still preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they know? How did those people that come with Peter know that they had gotten the Holy Ghost? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. <laughs> Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. The, that's the perpetual blessing of it. It continues. It didn't stop with Pentecost. This was a, uh, some time after Pentecost. And then as the Apostle Paul uh, was on his journeys, as Brother Bobby was doing some teaching, as, as he was going around from place to place, um, something else happened. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 and 6. This is, a little, this is a little further down the line than that. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Under what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Now, here's something interesting here. Nothing was said about these fellows tarrying. Nothing was said about the Gentiles and Cornelius and his household tarrying. I've, 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 I've heard, you've, you've probably heard me say before that even us Pentecostals, we have our own little traditions that we've added up through the years. And we've kind, we, we kind of we think that Oh, you know, everybody's got to tarry for the Holy Ghost. You got to, you got to get down here, and uh, and you got to have one person standing on the left and another person standing on the right. One person on the left saying, "Hold on, brother, hold on," and you get another person on the other side and saying, "Give up, brother, give up." Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The guy in the middle saying, "Which one I do? Hold on and give up." Hallelujah. Uh, it's sad, but a lot of times, even us. Pentecostals don't know how to pray somebody through the Holy Ghost. Amen. He told them to tarry in Jerusalem because the Spirit hadn't failed. Never had fallen before. Well, guess what? When the Spirit fell and baptized the church, it never left the church. It never left the church. They tarried and they waited for it. That's what the word tarry means, to wait. They waited in the beginning. All you've got to do right now and every instant in the, after that, it just tells you to receive it. Hallelujah. If you repent of your sins and you're honest-hearted, amen, and you've been baptized in his name, all you've got to do is open up yourself, begin to worship God, and that river will flow. You can. It's not as hard and as difficult as we try to make it. Hallelujah. All Paul done was lay his hands on them, and they received it. Hallelujah. That's all we got to do today. There's a whole lot more we could talk about, about this understanding of Pentecost. And I want to leave with you today. Hallelujah. I appreciate if Brother Darrell would come up and uh, get, us a, get us a song, of course, to sing. The power of the Holy Ghost is very much important in your life.
you need to be clothed with the power of the Holy Ghost. It is your strength. It is your protection. It is your armor. Some people need to have a renewing of the power of the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost has not been prevalent in their life. There's a lot of battles and a lot of spiritual warfare that's going on in the world today. And we need the power of the Holy Ghost active in our life. Hallelujah.